This is the Soulfully Casual Podcast hosted by Matty Ice. And now, your host, Matty Ice. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Soulfully Casual Podcast brought to you by Matty Ice Media. As always, I'm your host, Matty Ice, and it is another beautiful start to a week, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, first of all, happy daylight savings time for those of you in the United States who are in a state that uh, you know does that. And I know my in-laws used to live in Hawaii, and they did not partake in that particular event, which was you know good and bad. I know for me, uh, the spring ahead, which is what we just did, um, you know, feels a little bit different, uh, mainly because we quote unquote lose an hour of sleep, but in reality. Um, you know, it's really one one day or one night, and uh, what we're gaining in that, in my opinion, is more sunlight, more time outside, more daylight, and that to me is worth more than the fall back, which it means we get an extra hour of sleep, but then it becomes dark, at least here in Virginia. It's like 4.30. Uh, that's generally when my seasonal depression kicks in, and this is the time of year when it sort of kicks itself out, and it's really, really great, to be honest. You know, the idea of springing ahead got me thinking about um, hope springs eternal, the coming of spring, which is really almost like uh, the season in which we're anticipating nicer weather. You know, the, the foliage is starting to do its part. The flowers are starting to come back. You're starting to hear more animals, see more animals. And you really are getting this sense that the world is sort of awakening, at least in terms of uh, non-human life. I mean, even in the wintertime, right, most of us spend most, more time indoors. We generally tend to spend more time, um, you know, hibernating, if you will, because depending on where you live in this country, the weather is cold. Uh, here in Virginia, the last few winters have been very mild. We haven't really had that bitter cold the way that we did when I first moved here or what I'm used to living up in New England. We really don't get that here. We haven't had any significant snow in the last couple of years, and so our lives really haven't been as affected as they are, uh, generally speaking, during the winter time. But springing ahead, this idea of hope. Um, for those of you who've seen the movie Shawshank Redemption, you know that hope is actually something that is a main theme. And I think that hope is a good thing. I think, normally speaking, um, when we hope for something or we hope for a better outcome, it's a good thing because it keeps us on the positive path. It keeps us thinking about what could be uh, and realistically what could be. But I think there are times in which hope can uh, you know, let us down. Um, and, and I think it's, it's important to sort of take inventory of what it is we're looking for in life and what it is that we are hoping for in life. Because I think there are things to hope for that are never going to happen. Like, I think most of us hope that we win the lottery one day and the odds of that actually happening are astronomically low. Uh, and then we're hoping for other things. We're hoping for a vaccine. We're hoping for a night out to dinner with our spouse. We're hoping for just the house to be clean in a timely fashion. We're hoping for, uh, you know, your your kids to go back to school and feel like there's a little bit of normalcy in your life. And I think that's that's pretty, you know, um, okay. And in the springtime, we generally tend to do something called spring cleaning. And I've talked in a previous episode about purging, about the idea of stuff. And I think that comes to mind more now in this time period than it does in any other time. Um, you know, when we're spring cleaning, we're thinking about, okay, we spent the whole winter inside. We've spent the whole winter, not just physically, but emotionally inside. I think a lot of people in the wintertime also close down emotionally. I know that I do. I'm less likely to want to partake in society. I'm less likely to want to go anywhere. 
And then of course you add on the pandemic, which is still happening, at least for now. Oh, even less likely that you'll see me out in public, even less likely that I wanna go anywhere. And I kind of go to the places that I have to, but now that the spring is here, and President Biden has said that he is he ho he excuse me is hopeful that everybody who wants a vaccine can get one as of May 1st or at, by May 1st and that's 18 plus but there's that idea of hope like I still can't find myself to be that hopeful I still can't find myself to be excited about the idea that on May 1st I'll be able to get my life back and I know that I won't get my life back in the same way that I had it before as a matter of fact I actually don't want it back in that same way but I can't find myself being hopeful, even with this idea of springing ahead, you know, better times, better weather. It's just, it seems like such an impossibility to me. It seems like it's so far away. And I think that's because I've spent a lot of time thinking about how far we've come. Uh, in an episode about my son turning one years old, excuse me, one year old, I you know, mentioned how much can change in a year. And my wife and I were on a walk uh, yesterday and we were talking about when we had some house uh, projects done. And that was last August. And yet at the time we were five months into the pandemic and it seemed as if we'd been in it forever. And amazingly, seven months later, we're still here, right? We're still in the middle of it and it's getting better because people are getting vaccinated. Uh, things are starting to loosen up every so often, a little bit, but for the most part, my life has not changed uh, in, in the least in that, in that year. And I'm really wanting that. I'm really you know, eager for that. But I think what's an important thing for me to do before I go out into society and before I take the reins off of my personal hesitation about being back into the world is I think I need to do a little bit of spring cleaning myself. Um, you know, we have a lot of stuff. I've mentioned that before. We accumulate a lot of stuff and our stuff sort of comes with us. Uh, in the physical sense, we have a lot of material items that come with us. And generally, I think when you move is when you find out how much crap you actually have and you find out when you're unboxing or unpacking it, maybe how much crap you don't need. Uh, my wife and I have been slowly doing that over the last few weeks. We've been trying to identify items that we no longer need, items that we no longer want. Um, and, you know, I think that it's important to do that physically, but I'm really thinking about mentally. For much of my life, um, I've carried quite a bit of emotion with me. Uh, I'm somebody who continually beats myself up over something that happened a long, long time ago. Is a case in point. Uh, when I was in high school, I worked at uh, a pharmacy. I worked at a drugstore, as they we as we called it. Um, you know, they're probably called like convenience stores now or whatever. But and I worked at one of those, um, and I worked my way up to being a shift manager. It was kind of the first time in my life that I felt as if I had earned something, and um, you know, I was very proud of that. But I was young, and I made mistakes, and. I think I let the allure of my friends thinking that I was something, you know, because I worked with a lot of my friends and I felt like I was good at my job. I felt that I was, you know, a successful manager at somebody who was not even 18 yet. Um, and I made mistakes and I, I don't want to say I stole things, but I, you know, was taking things without asking, not intentionally as far as like trying to steal from the company, but just being an idiot, really. And I got caught and I got fired. Um, and you know what? That was such a good teaching moment. However, there are days in which I live through that almost moment by moment and feel that same guilt and grief that I used to. Um, even so, I think about breakups, I think about awkward encounters that I had, um, you know, even back all the way back to like fourth grade, I can remember incidences and I feel that same guilt. I feel that same crushing sense of failure, I guess. 
Um, and failure is really my biggest fear, if I'm being honest. Um, I don't really fear death because I know that it's inevitable. I don't have any control really over when it's going to happen. Obviously, I know that I can do things to help myself in that regard. I've talked about losing weight. I've talked about exercising and, and so forth. And I think the mental clearance, the mental clear out or the mental health is, is equally a part of that because I think when we are mentally unhealthy or feel mentally unhealthy, we're more likely to have a physical breakdown and I think it takes a huge toll. But this idea of failure, um, it really kills me to be honest. Those times in my life in which I feel like I've failed and most of them have to do with interactions with others interactions where I've let people down, uh, interactions where I feel as if I've not lived up to my standard of living. I'm an Aquarius uh, as far as, you know, birth, uh, you know, whatever that whatever that's called. Um, and one of the one of the common traits of an Aquarius is holding yourself to a high standard and also holding others to that high standard. And when I don't live up to that high standard, it bothers me, it bugs me and it, it stays with me. And I realized recently, having been home, that cleaning out my closet is not just cleaning out my physical closet, but it's cleaning out my mental closet as well. And that those incidences over my lifetime, I need to really purge them. I need to get rid of them. And it's so, so difficult because nobody wants to fail. I think some people are better at it than others. I think some people are more comfortable with it than others. There are going to be times in your life where you are destined to fail where something that you attempt, something that you want to achieve is just not achievable. And that's that idea of hope again, right? We hope so many things in our life and we hope for some things that'll never happen. Um, you know, we hope that people who are sick will get better and sometimes it's just not for them. Um, you know, I just am not somebody who can handle it very well. I, when I get myself into something, and I don't mean like get into trouble, but when I start something, when it's when I decide that I'm going to put my energies toward uh, an you know adventure or a task, I want to do it to the best of my abilities. Uh, I am very much an all or nothing person in that regard, and that has you know been to my detriment at times, where it seems like I'm so solely focused on one thing and I need to be focused on multiple things, and that idea of balance um, it, it escapes me at times. But um, I don't want to fail. I don't want to be seen as somebody who's half-assing it somebody who's not trying, somebody who is not putting their best self forward. And so, I, and I know that that idea comes from not wanting to fail. You know, I don't want to let people down because I know in my mind that when I let somebody down, it's going to add to that uh, emotional inventory. It's going to add to the beating that I give myself when uh, I think about those moments, when I think about the awkward encounters, I think about the times in which I've let a loved one down or let a friend down. And I really don't want to relive any more of those than I have to because I really already relive some of them. But I think just getting this off my chest is a really important step. Telling you all that there are moments in my life that I think about that I wish I could have back and not regrets. I don't believe in regrets. I think that regrets are actually, um, you know, the antithesis of what we should be doing because we can't change things that happen. We can't change the fact that, you know, we messed up when we were in eighth grade or that we messed up yesterday. It is what it is. I, I still have such a hard time, even in my relationships now, where if it's pointed out that I've done something incorrect or that I've missed something that I was supposed to you know, you know, do or get, uh, I immediately go back into this, uh, into this mental place where I feel like I have to apologize. I beat myself up, I overcompensate. And this spring, I really want to start getting better with that. 
I want to get better with accepting the fact that I'm not perfect, accepting the fact that I'm not going to be able to do everything that I want to do, or that even when I make, you know, a list of things that I want to do, or I have uh, a list of, you know, uh, milestones that I'd like to meet, that inevitably life is the way it is and that I'm never going to do it, right? I would love to be good at landscaping. This is a great example. So home ownership comes with a tons of tons of responsibilities, many of which I feel like I can handle, many of which I feel like are not in my wheelhouse per se, but they're places that I'm, that are I'm comfortable with. You know, I'm comfortable doing certain maintenance. I'm comfortable doing certain repairs. I'm comfortable researching how to do, you know, tasks that are required in home ownership because home ownership, like parenting, seems like it's a constant uh, struggle, not struggle, constant uh, upkeep. You have to come at it. This house, you know, even if you have an old house or whatever your house is, it seems like it's you're waiting for like the next thing to happen. Uh, and there's some things I'm comfortable with, but there's a ton of stuff I'm not comfortable with. And I'm not uncomfortable asking somebody to help me to do it. Um, and I think that I don't feel like I'm failing there because like doing electrician work, I can't do that. It's dangerous if you don't know what you're doing and I just won't even attempt it. So asking somebody to come over and do that, paying somebody to do that doesn't feel like failure. But if I want to do a house project and I feel comfortable doing it and we get into it and I mismeasured something, I didn't cut something correctly. Um, you know, I, I misjudged how much of something that we needed. Um, that's another you know failure that I don't want to live through. And so, you know, spring cleaning. So we all go through our closets, we all go through our homes and we pick out things that we don't need. And for some reason or another, we decide why we need it and why we don't. You know, if it's something that, let's say it's like a DVD and most people don't have DVD players anymore because we're doing digital copies, we're easily getting rid of that. Or yeah, a little bit more of a difficult one, Hey, these are pants that I used to fit in. I'd like to fit into them again, but maybe I should, you know, um, maybe I should be getting rid of it. But you have a little bit of a hard time thinking about that because you're like, well, I hope to be better looking or feel better, I should say. You know, I hope to be able to fit in this again, so maybe I'll keep it. And we do that for a lot of things. And I think maybe the reason why I keep around some of these emotional traumas is because I need them to keep me grounded. And as much as I'd like to purge them, I think purging them isn't necessarily forgetting that they ever happened or somehow finding a way to expunge them from my record mentally. I think what I need to learn is that failure is an option and it's going to happen and that you need to accept the fact that you're not perfect. And you need to take those moments that you beat yourself up over and you need to figure out what it is that you need to learn from it. I learned a very valuable lesson about responsibility, about accountability, and about what could be at stake if you're not thinking the right way. Uh, you know, I was already on my way to Virginia Tech. I had accepted their offer and I was going there and there was a moment in which I felt like maybe I had jeopardized that. And in turn, thinking I jeopardized my future, thinking I jeopardized the trust of my peers, the trust of my parents. Um, there was so much at stake there. And I think about that today, 20 years later, and. I think that's the lesson that I've learned from it is, hey, you know what? You don't need to beat yourself up over it. But what you did learn along the way is to make rational decisions. Use logic. Think about what it is that you're doing. What is the consequence of doing that? And I think I do that in my daily life. At work, at home, every decision that I make feels like it's thought through. You know, I've thought through it. Um, I know what I'm doing. I'm not putting myself at a disadvantage. You know, when I buy something, I know that I can afford it. I'm not overspending my means. I'm making practical decisions, even when I'm treating myself. Is this something that I can afford? Is this a practical decision that I'm making? And that's what I've learned from that. You know, 
learning from the disappointment of others, I think, you know, especially loved ones, is you need to learn how each relationship works, the dynamic in which you need to um, exist in order for that to maximize its benefits. Everybody's different. Everybody has thresholds. Everybody has different behaviors. And if you are treating everybody the same and you're treating every relationship the same, I don't think that you're going to be successful because everybody is different. People have different emotional needs. You have different emotional needs. And what I've learned from you know, moments in fourth grade where I've disappointed teachers or uh, the moment when I was in sixth grade where I was afraid to tell my parents I was being bullied, so I made up a lie. Um, I learned that being truthful, being honest, being forthcoming, being genuine is the way to go, even if it's an uncomfortable situation. Bullying was something that I dealt with for many years, uh, mainly because I was overweight or people thought I was overweight. I remember being called blubber, fatty, fatso, things like that. Um, and I took it. You know, I still hung out with these kids because I think I felt that I needed some type of an attention for some reason. And I think the negative attention, while hurtful, was something that they gave to me. And so I um, you know, willingly took it. But I remember being afraid to tell my parents that I had bet a dollar and lost, right? And I needed to pay the kids. And it was really a fair and square thing. Like, I learned a lesson uh, that if you say that you will do something and you, you know, bet basically that you um, are accountable for that. And I think that the lesson I've learned from that is not, hey, you failed and you, you know, this big deal was made because you told a lie, but I learned not to gamble. That's something that I really don't do. Like, I think I maybe go to the casino once a year and have a $20 limit. I usually lose it quick because I'm not comfortable with it. And it's just all really for the socializing with your friends. But I learned not to gamble. I learned not to bet. I think it made me risk averse when it came to that specific activity because I don't want to feel that again. I don't want to feel the accountability of having to give somebody else my money when I could have saved it, when I could have had it. Um, and I learned about being genuine, lying, and also being honest about when things are difficult. I talked about the kids uh, you know, during the pandemic and how they've had difficult times and how I think there are you know, two ways to look at that. I think that they have had a difficult time, but I think there's also been an opportunity. I talked about that too opportunity for growth, opportunity for positivity. And for me, you know, failing and, um, you know, not being honest about what was going on, even though it was something that my parents would have supported me in and said, hey, look, we understand that those are your bullies, but you still have to be accountable for this. So here's a dollar and, you know, we'll figure out what to do about the other situation with those kids. And I've learned that now, where if I'm uncomfortable with something, I'm going to say it. If it's not something I want to be a part of, I'm just not going to be a part of it. And also, you're going to get the most real version of me as you can. I think that is what we should all be striving for. Don't feel like you have to pretend to be somebody. Like, if you're somebody who's in a new relationship and you're happy, but the people around you aren't happy because they're used to the old you, well, tough. This is your happiness. This is you making the right decision for the right reasons. And that genuineness, that transparency about your happiness, that honesty, is going to take you and those people around you a long way. If they're not willing to take the ride with you, they're not really worth the ride, to be honest. Family or not. And you need to make those decisions as you go along. But you also need to be honest with yourself about the decisions you're making, about the reasons why you're making those decisions. And if you are, if you're honest and genuine and forthcoming with everybody in your life, then you're going to be, you're going to succeed. You're not going to fail. And I think about the lessons that I've taught myself over the years when it comes to that emotional inventory. And just the catharsis of this moment 
of being in front of this microphone saying these things out loud, it's giving me perspective. It's giving me uh, confidence about what I've learned over the years. And maybe now when I think about those moments, I won't feel so bad about them. I won't rehash them. I won't beat myself up over them. I will remember that I'm human. I remember that we are all human. We are imperfect beings and we will never be a perfect being. Even when we are perfect in a singular moment, that will not necessarily translate to a larger form of perfection. We're going to fail. We're not always going to get it right. But I think the lesson here for you, if you're listening, is that it's okay. It's okay to be imperfect. It's okay to not always get it right. Be a little bit more comfortable with failure because it's part of our growing process. The more mistakes that we make and the more learning we do from them means that we are growing and growing and growing. And for some, it takes longer than others. For me, it took not that many mistakes in order to you know, realize what I wanted to be. I also look at other people's behaviors and see and think to myself, that's not what I want to be. That's not how I want to act. And I plan my life accordingly. I act accordingly. And I think the person that you are hearing today is the best version of Maddie Ice. And that's what I've always strived for. And that's what I hope you strive for too. So if you're doing spring cleaning of your closet or your home, get rid of those physical items, donate them to charity, do a good thing with them. Have a yard sale if you want. It's a good way to meet your neighbors. Uh, it's a good way to meet people who just want to buy your stuff because your garbage stuff is somebody else's treasure. And once it's gone from you, it's not your it's not your care in the world where it goes. So do a good thing with it. But as far as emotional inventory, give yourself a break. Um, I've talked about being nicer to people. Be nicer to yourself. You know, extend yourself some grace. Think about moments in your life where you failed, but then think about what it taught you and how that's uh, made you a better person today. And if it hasn't yet, how can you then start making it a part of your life? How can it start making you a better person? And I hope you will I wish you all well in those endeavors, and I will continue to do the same. Hope everybody is staying safe on this Monday. Um, and you know, it's not a not a nice day here today, but uh, I think things are getting better. The weather is turning, and before we know it, we'll all be at the beach if that's your thing, in bathing suits, uh, sipping some type of a cool drink, and hopefully, right? There's that word again. Hope, hopefully, uh, being able to hug some loved ones. So. I appreciate everybody's uh, listening time today. I appreciate the new listeners we have. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, please continue to join us. Uh, definitely reach out on Instagram, Soulfully Casual Podcast. And as always, uh, reach out to www.maddieicemedia.com to find my show, The Manual, Political Football, and our YouTube channel. So everybody stay safe, stay happy, and I will talk to you down the road.